Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers and a happy Father's Day to all the dads out there this morning. Later we'll get a sneak peek at the new Great Crossing High School in Scott County, which is right now Kentucky's fastest growing area. And we'll show you Miranda Combs eye opening piece about sunscreens. Some things to be aware of as more of us are spending more time outdoors this time of year. The beginning of summer marks the peak of Kentucky's travel and tourism season. There's money in the thousands who visit our Commonwealth, and those of us who live here also get out and about and see more of the state. Tourism is about a $15 billion uh, part of the economy right now and on track to keep growing. Who do we market to? What are some of the sights to see that makes people so fascinated with Kentucky's outdoors, our people, and our history? Kristen Branscombe is one with the answers. She spent her career showing off Kentucky and serves right now as the State Tourism Commissioner. And Commissioner, welcome. We appreciate you very much for coming in. Thank you for having Good me, Good to Bill. see you. Let's talk about uh, how big of an industry that uh, tourism is in Kentucky. You know, we, talk, we know we have the automobile industry. We know we have uh, many other uh, factors out there. But tourism is a key piece. Yes, and it's something that, you know, uh, we, we, I think we take for granted in the state. You know, you're talking about manufacturing and car manufacturing, and you see those products come off a line. So you know what we are generating. And tourism, uh, a lot of people think, oh, you come in, you have a good time, you spend a couple of nights at a hotel, go see a great attraction, eat a good meal. And people don't realize that tourism for Kentucky is the third largest revenue generating industry in the state behind automobiles and healthcare. So it's very vital to us, and it not only does it you know, just hit maybe one city or bigger cities or mid-sized cities, it really helps and uh, benefits the entire state because everybody in Kentucky has something to sell and that people want to see. So what is the, the financial impact on the state? Well, right now we are um, adjusting how we kind of measure our economic impact. And the reason why we want to do that is we want to shift a little bit to how those folks like the automobiles and uh, aeronautics and agriculture, how they measure theirs a little bit more specifically to align ourselves with that. But you know, you're looking at almost 10 billion dollars in visitor spend, uh, 15 billion, as you said, in economic impact. So we are really, really important. And what, it, what is also important is the tax taxes that are generated by those visitor spend. So when a visitor comes in, they come, like I said, they have a great time. The money that they spend helps helps every Kentuckian offset their tax bill. And I think that's important as well. How many are employed in tourism? And then there are those who are sort of indirectly employed by tourism? Um, depending on how you look at the numbers, yeah. I mean, tourism supports a, a great number of jobs uh, from, you know, your temporary work in the summer, uh, like where I'm from, people working at the docks and fuel pups and put, getting people on those houseboats and boats. But um, anywhere between 150 to 186,000, um, 150,000 people are directly employed by tourism. And then 186, if you look at all those part-time, uh, if you put them over to full-time equivalents. Some seasonal Sure. Some seasonal help, right, absolutely. Right. Uh, how did we do uh, for the derby season and the, and the spring break season that we're now sort of emerging from? You know, uh, derby is always huge for Kentucky, all of Kentucky, not just Louisville. Uh, you have 160,000 people right in Churchill Downs proper, and then hundreds of thousands more that come into Kentucky and celebrate, whether it's in the outlying areas of Jefferson County or here in Lexington and throughout the state, because people are just, if they can't get to Churchill, can't get to Derby, they 
want to go to Oaks. They want to go to Thurby and whatever Wednesday is right. called now at <laughs> Thurby Week. Uh, but and then that's starting to back up all the way into our, our Keeneland season. Uh, and Keeneland is fantastic. So we're, we're really getting a good two months of celebrating Kentucky's horse industry. Is the derby season the, the biggest single uh, time that we get visits in the state? Uh, for it is certainly our, our largest single time and, and so thankful that we have this as a reoccurring annual event that we can get those people and those eyes that are on Kentucky, uh, whether it's the derby coverage or every uh, celebrity, or whether it's A, B or C list celebrity and, and just all of the visitors that we have coming in, having a great time posted on their social media and truly showing the world what we have and kind of being little mini ambassadors for Kentucky and for Kentuckians. I know a lot of times you uh, you go out and you, you try to figure out what it is people think of Kentucky. We do focus groups and some research and so forth. What do outsiders think of when they, when they think of Kentucky? You know, it's very interesting. Um, when you do focus groups, depending on the city, uh, some people have really no perception of Kentucky. They don't know much about us. Uh, so sometimes that's a good thing because that allows us to kind of write our Kentucky story. And when we're doing tourism marketing to tell people what it is that makes Kentucky special and why they should come here. Uh, when they do know about Kentucky, from a visitor perspective, they know that we are a great um, we're really, I don't want to say cheap, but we are a good value proposition for anybody traveling. We have quality places to stay, eat, great things to see and do, and we're a good family destination. And uh, that's what people want. And really, if you look at everything that we have from north, south, east to west, you can do everything you want to do right here in this state and not have to travel anywhere else. As you market uh, Kentucky and try to maximize the visits that we get and, and maximize the time that people stay here, which is uh, important as well, uh, who are we trying to reach? Everybody. We want everybody to come see us in Kentucky. Uh, but when you look at where we have to do our marketing and to be very uh, strategic and efficient with our funds, we look at our contiguous states uh, because we are a fantastic drive destination. But this year coming up uh, in our new fiscal, which starts July 1, we're looking at uh, some markets that are popping up in our research, like Detroit, uh, looking at Atlanta, Chicago, and even uh, Washington, D.C. are really starting to become we're starting to see more people interested in making a trip to Kentucky. Uh, we really love Chicago because it's a quick drive uh, and Atlanta, especially to get to the eastern part of the state and into central Kentucky. These are really great markets for us. We also look at international. Uh, international spend. Uh, so you look at how many visitors you can get, but then we're also looking at visitors that spend more money. And international visitors certainly do that. Which is interesting. Uh, people might not realize that. So we spend some effort uh, trying to even market uh, around the globe, right? We do. We certainly do. And uh, where we are with Kentucky, which I think is really our great benefit at the moment, and where we're trying to seize on this opportunity while we can, you know, um, in Europe, for instance, Western Europe, you know, there's so many bank holidays. They basically get, you know, 30 days to travel. Australians get 31 days to travel. And everybody really outside of the U.S. is really encouraged to travel and get out. So if you look at those 31 days that people have to travel, if they want to go to what we call a gateway destination, those bucket list places, if you've never been to the United States, the New Yorks, Orlando's, Los Angeles, Vegas. Um, but now we are seeing a generation of travelers, especially from Western Europe, although we market all over the world, uh, but they have already been to those destinations. And now they want to get to real America. And I, I 
firmly say, firmly believe that if you want to have a true American experience and really see what America is all about, real America, then you come to Kentucky. I mean, the authenticity is part of what is very intriguing to people, isn't it? Oh, certainly. I mean, and I think even international visitors, but also domestic and even here in state, you know, it's all we're getting back to craft craftsmanship and makers and Kentuckians are certainly makers of things whether it's makers of great bourbon makers of uh, derby winning thoroughbred horses arts crafts bluegrass music you know we really have never gotten away from what we do best and that is creating fine product no matter if what that may be you have a theme going come sit at the Kentucky table uh, Kentucky food as well is uh, famous around the world, right? Yes. Uh, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken certainly has <laughs> helped people think <laughs> right. about Kentucky as food. Um, but, you know, that kind of, especially in the international market, that opens the door for Kentucky so that we can show them that we're more than just fried chicken, although we do love our fried chicken. And the story that goes along with our food, uh, why we have great soup beans and cornbread in eastern Kentucky, uh, the fish that we have that we can get you know, really that day, hop on the water and catch a catch a crappie or a bass and, you know, fillet that up and eat it that night. So we really want to connect people with, again, what we make and do best in our agricultural segment in this state. It's it's fantastic. So let's talk about these these uh, overnight stays, which are important because if, if they if they stay longer, they spend more when 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 visitors come here. What is where is the movement in the in the overnight uh, stays? You know, we, we hear of so many people now coming to camp at the Red River Gorge or somewhere like that. More and more people, it seems, are going to Airbnbs, uh, and th that seems to be a, a growing segment. It's certainly a growing segment, and uh, you know, people are wanting. Again, you know, you see, um, you know, these are obviously very generic statements about yeah. certain generationals yeah. and certain types of travelers, but you know, millennials especially, they want different experiences. They kind of want their own space, so we're looking at a lot of Airbnb. But, you know, Airbnb and some of the other shared lodging economies um, like VRBO and HomeAway that we have throughout the state, they're giving some of our more rural communities the ability to uh, keep visitors overnight. Whereas, um, you know, if you're kind of out in some of our more rural areas, you had to travel maybe an hour or 30 minutes to get to some lodging. And so, those communities were losing those overnight visitors who were going to wake up the next day, uh, not only spend that money in their community for that room, but get up and maybe have breakfast and stay a little longer. So really, it's just broadening everybody's opportunities to capture visitors. Well, Commissioner, let's talk about those those small areas, though. They have come on uh, in, in, you know, in the last uh, 10 years or so, and it, it, it's probably not lost on anybody that the availability of adult beverages in some of those areas has uh, caused uh, microbreweries to pop up and, and restaurants that they didn't have before and that kind of thing. Somerset microbreweries and now Pikeville, uh, you know, with uh, large operations. Uh, that has, uh, has been a game changer, hasn't it? It is, and uh, again, going back to what people want, what people crave, they want to get out and really experience small towns and um, get to know people and walk down sidewalks and, you know, people speak to you and say hello and good morning. And um, again, things that we take for granted that a lot of people around the world don't get that pleasant hi and good morning and how are you and that hospitality. And I always say there's hospitality, which we're in, the tourism industry. There's Southern hospitality, which we certainly have, but nobody will ever match Kentucky hospitality. And that's certainly very special. And our small communities are really starting to see that tourism can not only benefit them by that direct spend and getting visitors in, 
But when they come and spend that money, then local communities are able to say, hey, you know, maybe I might open a restaurant or I should open a new shop downtown and let's bring back Main Street um, and you know, have something for the visitors, but it's also great for everybody in our community. How much of a draw are local uh, special events like festivals and county fairs and, 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 and the you know, contests that are held? We have races in many of these communities as well, that kind of thing. You know, we have, um, if you want to come to a festival, I think any day of the week, somewhere in Kentucky, there's a fantastic festival going on. And I was just looking, we have over over 101 that I just did a quick count on music festivals in the state each wow. year, just music festivals. Uh, so that gets people out. And again, not only good for our local communities or people coming across county lines and coming to the county fair, you know, what you said, the state fair, but these festivals are also kind of um, emblematic of those communities. They're a source of pride, uh, the Polk Salad Festival, and you know that is something that people in Eastern Kentucky know, especially down in Harlan County. But they're starting to become a bigger draw for that because people want people want to get out, and they're looking on their Facebook and they're looking at Instagram. They're seeing these pretty pictures, and they say, "I want to go do this," and I want to see what. Poke salad's all about. And there really is a story behind each of those uh, festivals, those names, what those communities are known for. Yes, I mean, you know, the, app, the Apple Festival, you've got the ha ham days, and that just gives us an opportunity again to showcase what it is that we do well as Kentuckians. The smaller cities can have uh, tourism taxes. How important is it that they uh, spend that money to try to lure in more guests? Oh, it's very important that, you know, we keep tourism funds dedicated uh, to tourism activities and for us to continue to market. Um, you know, since somebody says, oh, well, people are going to come anyway. Well, I always say, well, Coke and Pepsi have never stopped marketing. Um, and everybody you could say knows what about Coke and Pepsi. So if you're not out there, the next best thing will come along. And we need to realize that traveling is easy. We can get on your phone right now and hop a flight to Sydney, Australia. It's that easy and anybody in the world pretty much now can get on that and the access through technology is easy to travel. So we as Kentucky, we're not really just in competition for travelers with Tennessee or even Missouri or West Virginia. We're in competition with Paris, France or London, England. That's how we have to think. And even our smaller communities, if they are not marketing their destination, that's less money and less people coming in. So it's harder for the state to market. And then if we're not telling our story, we're going to be left behind. Do you think there are people around the world who say, you know, this uh, beer cheese festival looks interesting and, <laughs> and I'm going to make my way, you know, to Winchester, Kentucky for that? You know, there are some things that, you know, people, if that is their niche, I mean, they will travel. Um, and you know, I think what is great is, you know, once we get, especially international visitors, once we get them to Kentucky and they're here, you know, usually it's bourbon and horses. That's what they want to see and what they know Kentucky for. But if they're going to stay here at least a good seven days or we can get them longer, then they're going to go and they're going to say, what is that beer cheese festival all about? What is this about? And then that really hub and spoke approach really works for everybody in the state. And you encourage people to use social media to tell their story when they're here, right? I mean, they, oh, absolutely. That's, that's how so much of the word gets out these days. That's free marketing. That, right? that, is, <laughs> that is free marketing. And, you know, it is better to hear about a place from your friend uh, because you're going to trust that person. You know, you, we can put ads out all day long, which are great, gets people thinking about Kentucky. But when, they see, when you see a friend on Instagram that's like, oh, look what I did, how fun that is, you're like, man, I want to go there. Or what we are also seeing with social media, people want to find the next great, 
place. They want to find the place that nobody else has found and show off to all their friends. So we tell them, hey, we've got all those gyms in Kentucky. Just come and selfie away. All right. Kristen Branscombe is here. She is Kentucky's uh, Travel and Tourism Commissioner. And we're going to come back in just a moment and we're going to talk about some of those places to see and do and what you could get out there and discover this summer on Kentucky Newsmakers in a moment. Welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. It always is a fun when we visit with uh, Kristen Branscombe, who is Kentucky's uh, Travel and Tourism Commissioner. You just make us feel good about being in Kentucky, you know. <laughs> well, we should feel good. <laughs> you want to go out and discover it, which is what you're hoping that uh, the Kentuckians will do. Uh, before we launch into s some of the things to, to do this summer, state parks are being uh, renovated right now. There's been uh, there's extensive uh, work going on at most of them. Yes, and uh, I think we are all aware that, you know, uh, the state parks have been in need of some influx of cash uh, to help with some general maintenance issues. And uh, we were the nation's finest uh, park system. And some of the monies that have been given to the park system over the last couple of years will help us refresh the nation's finest and get people back out to the parks. Uh, they're we're already seeing some tremendous growth year over year and in rooms sold. So that money's being put to good good use and people are saying, hey, let's get back out to these parks and let's see them again and really remembering or seeing for the first time the gems that our state park system truly is. Now, probably a lot of people have some great stories from their parents or grandparents about uh, visiting some of those places. All right, let's talk about, for those who are uh, watching uh, this morning or listening uh, to our podcast, uh, about what folks ought to get out there and see in Kentucky this summer. Well, you know, this is a, a fantastic time of year and uh, there's always so much to do. And as we talked about, the festivals are huge. Uh, you can any weekend and some weekdays you can get out and uh, go see a festival in any part of the state. One thing that, you know, June 14th is uh, National Bourbon Day. And uh, like Kentucky, like what we like to do with our bourbon is we just like to extend that into more days and bigger, uh, bigger opportunities for us to celebrate our, our spirit and our heritage. And uh, so in Bardstown, you know, it's a National Bourbon Day, but they're doing a whole weekend celebration. Uh, so that'll be over the weekend. And then there are a lot of different bourbon-related opportunities throughout the entire year. Some are very specific uh, to the distilleries themselves. Then I think it's never too early to start pre-planning for September. Everybody needs to put it on their calendars uh, for National Bourbon Heritage Month. So, you know, bourbon certainly is a, is a huge thing this summer for everybody to get out and go experience. And one of the good things now is that because we have this proliferation of distilleries across the state, we have a lot of tour companies that, you know, you, uh, you can get in with a lot of people you don't know or you can have a private bus opportunity mm -hmm. with you and some with friends. With the people you do know. With, with some people you do know. <laughs> and, you know, and go and really experience um, what the distilleries have to offer. And there's becoming more and more restaurant opportunities. Uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company, uh, if you've not been to Bottle and Bond Restaurant, uh, it is a fantastic place to eat. And then there's also and bourbon. that's where? Uh, in Bardstown. Okay. Um, the Course Makers Mark, if you've not been to uh, Star Hill Provisions, uh, a lot of people have been to Makers over the years, but if you've not been since they have their restaurant in, you know, it's just a good opportunity to really spend a whole day there. Northern Kentucky, what are you missing if you don't go? Northern Kentucky, man, it is a fantastic place. Now, again, if you're talking about bourbon, um, New Riff, 
It's a new distillery that's out and everybody is just raving about it. Uh, downtown Covington and really then once you get out to Newport on the levee, they have really um, invested into downtown Covington, whether it's Braxton Brewery or Hotel Covington. And so there's more places to eat, more places to have that bourbon experience. And then, of course, Newport and the Levee, great places to yeah. take your kids like the aquarium. Eastern Kentucky, uh, adventure tourism continues to grow, right? Yes. Uh, you know, once you uh, uh, get past, uh, get, get on that mountain parkway and then start, start heading east, uh, it is just an outdoor paradise. And... Uh, Although not quite uh, on the Mount Parkway, Berea, uh, the Berea Pinnacles were mm -hmm. just named the number one hike in Kentucky by Outside Magazine. So if you want to get out, fantastic place to Berea. Obviously Red River Gorge, Natural Bridge State Park. Uh, I've, I think Natural Bridge is a fantastic place for anyone to go because if you don't want to hike all the way up to the top, you take the Sky Bridge, you get to see all the views, you take your good pictures, and nobody knows the difference. Lake Cumberland, Cumberland Falls region, always busy. Uh, people just enjoy seeing the beauty and enjoying the recreation there. Yes, absolutely. And um, I think what a lot of people love about our lakes, and in specific Lake Cumberland, you know, are the all of the islands and inlets and little coves that you can go into. And so you're on this big lake, but it feels like you have a, your own little piece of paradise to yourself. And Cumberland Falls, I mean, I think no stop to southeastern Kentucky is really completed unless you go see Cumberland Falls. Well, let's zip out to western Kentucky real fast. A lot going on out there always. Always, and again, going back to the lakes, the, the lakes in western Kentucky are fantastic. And I know uh, sometimes when we're in central Kentucky, it's easier just to, to go south real quick, but man, western Kentucky, whether it's Lake Barkley or Kentucky Lake, thousands and thousands of acres to go experience, whether you're boating, whether you're fishing, uh, you know, they have sailboats out on Kentucky Lake, and that's something that a lot of people don't expect to see. And what I love is that we have state parks that have, there's 10 state parks with beaches. So if you want to go have a beach vacation, state parks. You make it all sound fun. <laughs> it is all fun. <laughs> Commissioner, thanks as always. All I right. Really Thank you so you much. Happy hey, you'll uh, stay with us here on Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be looking at a new high school being built in central Kentucky and also some things you should know about sunscreen. We'll be back. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers. With all this talk of travel and being in the great outdoors, it's also a good time to remind yourself to protect yourself from too much sun exposure. But lately, there have been some questions surrounding which sunscreens are safe for kids. WKYT's Miranda Combs gets to the bottom of that, and it turns out the answer is pretty simple. A new study out from the Journal of American Medical Association found certain sunscreens may lead to exactly what you're trying to avoid by wearing it. The sunscreens we're using to protect us from skin-related damage and cancer could actually be causing uh, cancer themselves. Good news being, though, uh, that there are some versions that don't have these risks. Dr. Ryan Stanton says there are two main types of sunscreen. There's barrier sunscreens and chemical sunscreens. The JAMA trial found that the chemical sunscreen can get into your blood and urine and those chemicals have properties that can cause cancer. The problem is most people like the chemical sunscreens because those are the ones we don't tend to see that rub in very well that you don't tend to notice people are wearing them. The barrier sunscreen does just like the name indicates. It blocks your skin from the sun, but it doesn't get into your body, the kind that you can rub on your skin and still see it. But I want you to look for two different two chemicals. 
zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. Those are the two chemicals that are a barrier sunscreen have been shown to have no absorption and no carcinogenic properties, meaning they're safe uh, for human exposures. So zinc oxide and titanium dioxide are the two safe ones. Dr. Stanton says children and pregnant women should especially avoid the chemical sunscreens while further studies are done to see what the longer term results will be. In Lexington, Miranda Combs, WKYT. And finally, Georgetown and Scott County is the fastest growing locality in Kentucky right now, and some of the schools are crowded, including the local county high school, which is the largest in Kentucky. Nearly two years ago, this is what the plans for a new high school in Scott County looked like. A ceremonial groundbreaking took place in August of 2017. Well, now we're just three months away from the opening of the doors for the first students, and this is what Great Crossing High School looks like now. WKYT's Matthew Rand has has a look at the final touches before the school will begin this fall. Well, I think everyone's very excited. It's been a, a monumental project. Construction workers are in the home stretch, racing to get the new Great Crossing High School finished by the start of the new school year. School starts August 21st, and I've got absolutely no concerns that we're going to be ready to start on time. So you'll enter in through the front doors right here. At the school's principal, Joy Lasby, shows me around the new home of the Warhawks. So this will be our auditorium. It connects completely to the choir rooms and the band rooms here. And believe it or not, it has a pit that raises and lowers. For Lesby, the crown jewel is the new library. State of the art, brand new, um, very student friendly, just like in uh, kind of a collegiate feel when you were in college, you had you were able to go into a room with a table um, and chairs and be able to work with students. There'll be technology inside of these rooms as well. The school is designed with wide open spaces in mind. All the extra room designed to take the burden off the district's current high school, says Superintendent Dr. Kevin Hub. You know, Scott County High School currently has has almost 3,000 students. So when we open in August, both high schools are going to have about 1,500 students. And that current Scott County High School was never designed to be as crowded as it is. Principal Lansby says she doesn't want the new school to be a cookie cutter of the old one. She says she's already working with some of her new students to create a new brand and culture at the school. They're really behind the idea that you get a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to start something new. And I think they're really proud to be part of that. I'm super excited to get these kids in this building because um, the bottom line is you can have desks, chairs, um, you can have all this beautiful building, but until those kids get in here, the heartbeat of this building doesn't show up until then. So I'm really looking forward to that. Reporting in Scott County, Matthew Rand, WKYT. Nice building, but she's right. It's the people who make the school. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll see you bright and early this week on WKYT This Morning. We start at 430. We hope you make it a good week ahead.